0: You got your Bibles, go to Colossians chapter 2. We're going to kick off there. Man, oh man, it's good to be here with you this morning. And I uh, just want to give a little bit of what happened last night. We had two people that came forward and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah! yeah. One girl came up and she just started instantly laughing. They actually came up before the altar call even yeah. took place. They came right away just to the front and said, okay, we want this. And so, man, you know, people are hungry. Yeah! We don't want just this surface Jesus. We don't want this surface Christianity. We want the real deep stuff that changes lives, like testimonies we see. Jesus is working. He's moving. And I don't know about you, but I want him. I want not just a part of it. I don't want to just play church. I want to be the church. I want to see things happen in my life and through this church. Amen? Amen. Ah, okay, I'm a little excited this morning. and I wanted to, to rub off on you a little bit. Because, you know, Jesus did say he's talking about passion. He loves a passionate church. He's, he's, he's hungry for it. That's what he's looking for. And it has nothing to do with personality types. It has everything to do with heart. Man, and I love this Jesus that we serve. So Colossians chapter 2, and I'm not just talking about fake passion either. I'm talking about legitimate passion. And we're going to talk about that just actually being our roots. All right, so Colossians 2 verse 6 and 7. It says this, And now just as you accepted Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus as your Lord. How many of you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord? Does it end there for you? No. What does it say next? You must continue to what? To lead your life. No, 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 to follow Him. This is the key. This phrase right here is the key to living a victorious life in any area. It's you must continue to follow Him. It's no longer me leading my life. It's no longer finances leading my life. It's no longer the job leading my life. Hello, somebody. It's no longer, you know, just certain personality traits or likes that I like to see leading my life. It is Him leading my life. I'm following Him. Right? I'm not following a job. I'm not following a paycheck. I'm not following all these things. I'm following Him. Because where I'm Him, listen, when you follow Him, you are going to be right where you're supposed to be, and it's going to give you the greatest joy that you could ever imagine. It's all about Him, because He is really the fullness of your joy. When you get Him, you get the whole thing, right? All right, verse 7. Then He says, let your roots... Now, notice the key word there is let. It's not just automatic that your roots are just in there. You have to let your roots grow down into Him, and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Now let's look at this here again. This key word in there, of course, would be roots. And the the definition for roots simply is established deeply and firmly to be deeply embedded, therefore difficult to remove. So we're unshakable, unmovable. Now looking at this, let your roots grow down into him and then let your lives be built on him, period. Period. What's the next word? Then. then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. A lot of people are talking about having strong faith. I want, if I could just have strong faith, and that's great. But what's the result of having strong faith? Is being rooted in Him and building my life on Him. Yeah. It's getting deeper, not just praying a prayer and, oh, yeah, I want this to work. It's going, the deeper that you go, the stronger your faith is. So we're going to talk a little bit about this. Again, what does it mean to be rooted, to be firmly and deeply implanted in something? You're in it. Now, it's all about your roots. And I uh, just, you don't have to turn there, but Proverbs 12:3 in the God's Word translation, it says, A person cannot stand firm on a foundation of wickedness, but the roots of righteous people cannot be moved. Yeah. Whoo! Now these are some powerful words. These aren't just cute little sayings. Think about for a sec. I cannot be moved. Now, how many of you enjoy that kind of living, that kind of lifestyle? That regardless of what happens externally, you are unshakable. You are unmovable. Did you know that's possible? Right where you're sitting, right here in Red Deer, it's possible for a church to be unmovable by what's happening out there. How do you do that? I'm rooted and I'm grounded in Him. And I'm building my life on Him. It's all what it's about. So, again, when you hear the word roots, I want you to think of your inner life. So, when I say roots, you say, When I say inner life, you say... So roots. Inner life. Roots. 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 Oh, I got you a little bit. Roots. Inner life. Inner life. Inner life. Inner life. life. All right. I think we got the... Roots. It's all about the roots. It's all about the roots. And so when I say roots, I'm really saying your inner life. Now, what is your inner life? What am I talking about there? It simply is your belief system. It's your vision Your attitude, your character, your motives. It's who you really are on the inside. Now, while you're just, I want you just to turn to Psalm chapter one for a sec. But when, when the word tells us this letter right here, let your roots grow down into him, let your inner life grow down into him. What is, what is the word telling us? It's telling us that this word actually wants to come and take over your thinking. This word actually wants to come in and help you and show you what you're to believe. Right? It wants to give you vision. It wants to show you who you can be. It shows you character, how to be and how this Christian life is to be lived out. This word wants to completely brainwash you in the best way. That's its desire. That's its will for your life. This thing right here is not here just to sit on a counter and read it every once in a while. It wants to take over. Because when it takes over, you start to see godly fruit in your life. And Psalm chapter 1, you're there, right? Okay, I want you to look at the first three verses with me. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Now, there's great joy in not following those guys. Or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now, what does it mean to meditate? It means to think on, to speak, to mutter. It's really, you're, you're, you're allowing this word. You're delighting in the word, and this word is starting to come into your thinking. It's starting to be your understanding. Start to be your belief system. That's what he's saying. My delight is in this word. I, I want it. I need it. Now, notice what verse 3 says. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, And they prosper in all that they do. Now we get, Woo! Yeah! That's what I'm talking about. We want verse 3. Anybody want verse 3? We want verse 3. We want verse 3. But verse 3 comes when you do verse 2. Because a lot of times people are praying, oh God, I just want to see fruit. I want to see this happen in my life. I want to see so much results and things taking place. I want to see the blessing of God. I want to see this happening in my marriage and in relationships with my kids. They want to see all this take place and that's great. But how do you actually see it happening? Is you and I meditating, allowing the word to dominate our thinking, to dominate our belief system. That's what the word wants to do. That's what the word has to do. So in order to really be individuals that are bearing fruit each season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do, notice my thinking comes before my doing. Can you see that here? Verse 2, my thinking and then my doing. So that, there's a strategic order in all this. It's not just doing and hoping that something happens. A lot of times people are just praying for some miraculous thing to take place. That's not God's way of operation. Does God do things like that? Sure he can, absolutely. He's a miracle working God. He loves his kids and he'll do whatever he can. But his, the best way is that you and I, we let the word of God transform the way that we think and we start to see the word working in our lives continuously. Every season. Okay? We're all good on that? Because your roots, again, talking about your inner life, they deal with the unseen. Just like a tree, you don't see the root system all the time. Roots or your inner life determine the life that you live and the fruit that you produce. Your roots will keep you stable in tough times. Your roots determine the quality of the life that you live. And your roots determine if you're going to be a blessing to others. That's what it is. It's all about roots. Say roots. Roots. Say it like you mean it, roots. That's what we're talking about, is getting in this thing. Not just having a, you know, kind of a superficial, surfacey Christianity anymore. I truly believe this, that the world, the church, really, is looking for authenticity. They're looking for real. They want to see the real God. They want to see this thing actually work. And the only way this thing actually works, if this thing gets rooted deep on the inside of us. Man, you see Jesus. Was He, could He be touched? They try to throw him off a cliff. He just walked through him. Yeah. Oh, man, we only got five loaves of bread and two fish. No problem. Why is that? Because he had a certain mentality. He had a certain thought process. He had certain thinking. And because he knew this, he knew that God would always meet his needs. He had no concern or worry about that. So the result was, I'll just distribute the food. They fed 5,000 men, it said, not including wives and all the kids there. Yeah. Hello. Man, you get frustrated going to Kentucky Fried Chicken, getting a bucket of chicken. Is there going to be enough for my kids? No, it doesn't even feed me. (laughs) Man, but you got a certain mentality. I could be finger-licking good all day, man. I could be shooting that stuff off. All right. Now, the health of my inner life, my roots. Say roots. My roots is more important than my outside life. Church, we got to get this. We are so focused on we got to see results. And I think especially living in North America, we're blessed. It's great. It's awesome. But the word of God is not a Western mindset book. He's so interested in you getting deeper, not just having more stuff. The deeper you get, sure, the stuff can come. But we want the stuff. Forget about the stuff. We got to get deep. I got three people with me on that one. Okay. (laughs) Why just give me the stuff? That ain't going to cut it. Listen, how come it is people can win the lottery and blow it within eight months? And you won $54 million, how do you do that? Why? Because they're not properly rooted. They don't know what to do with it. What would you do if you had all that stuff? Uh, I don't know. But when you get rooted and planted in God, you'll have vision. You'll see it. You'll know what to do. Same thing, oh, I mean, I just, if I could just get married again. You know what? Maybe it's a good thing that you ain't married yet. <laughs> you got to get rooted in Him because you probably wreck it. Oh, I'm preaching now. All right. Okay. So the health of my inner life is more important than my outside life. Why? I got I got three reasons. Number one, because what's in my heart will manifest in the outside world. What's on the inside is going to come out. My fruits, det- or sorry, my roots determine my fruits. Proverbs chapter four and verse twenty-three. If you'll turn there, or you can look on the screen as well. Oh, it says this. It says guard your heart. It doesn't say guard your car, men. You know, take care of those nice plants, mom. <laughs> I <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> the way that we always saw it as kids, it's go. It goes, kids, plants. I don't know if you can see that, but that's a fingernail difference. <laughs> oh, well, that's very true. <laughs> You can you can dress it up as much as you want. Boys, there's hail. They're basketball size hail. Go run out there. Cover the plants. Do whatever it takes. Leave no plant behind. And so we're going out there just trying to get Javin, you got that blanket? We're laying on the thing. Did you get the plants covered? Working on it. We'll finish it. Meanwhile I come in bleeding. Well, how are the plants? How are the plants? Uh, <laughs> she's saying it's not true, but hey, you know what? I got scars. Externally, emotionally, there's a lot of hurt that I'm holding. (laughs) That's why I'm talking about this. (laughs) I'm just kidding. My mom loved us a little bit more than her succulents. (laughs) But it says, guard your heart above all else. Above anything. Guard your heart above all else. Why? Because it... The heart determines the course of your life. Life doesn't happen to you. Life flows from you. People are constantly, oh, this just happened to me. This just happened to me. Yeah, there can be some crappy stuff that goes on here. But you are the one that actually determines the course of your life. You are in charge of it. It's your heart. And he's given you a garden. This is, God gave you back this garden of Eden that would produce anything. Right? You mean, you look at it. Jesus said some statements, all things are possible to him that believes. Those are huge statements. Those are massive. Why could he say that? Because what he did is he purchased back freedom. He gave us back the kingdom of God. So whatever we believe on the inside will manifest on the outside, good or bad. He gave it back to us. That's how God created us. We are creative beings. So whatever you have living and really alive on the inside of you, you're going to see it manifest on the outside. So it's a good time just to kind of take inventory of the fruit that I have. Am I constantly an angry person? If somebody cuts me off, do I blow up and lose my mind? That's a good indication. There's some fruit. I gotta go, oh, oh, I don't really like that. Hey, you can change. change. Change is good. Change is great. I think some wives are hitting their husbands a little bit. You can change. Yeah, it's possible. Amen. I hear him. Amen. All right. Oh, for the singing. Okay. But in the living Bible, it says, guard your heart because your heart influences everything else in your life. Everything in your life. Your marriage flows from your heart. Your parenting flows from your heart. Your finances flows from your heart. Your belief system, it flows from your heart. Everything comes from the heart and comes on the outside. How you view life everybody's got certain goggles on, right? And they're kind of looking at life this way. And it all depends what's going on the inside of you. You know, God made this statement in uh, Genesis 11:6. 6. He actually, well, not just made this statement, he came down and he made a powerful statement when uh, those that were in Tower of Babel, they wanted to build a massive tower that would reach the heavens. And I just think this is powerful, just the word that God said. He came down to see what the sons of men were doing. And he says, behold, wow. They are one people, and they all have one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And now nothing that they have imagined they can do will be impossible for them. Whoa, that's big. So what do you see on the inside? Because according to what God says, what you have an image of on the inside, it's not going to be impossible for you. It's not. Impacting generations for Jesus, that's also individually, but us as a church family, what we see, what we clearly understand about this vision that God has given us. I mean, we want to clearly define this so that you're able to run with it. Yeah? That's the whole point of a vision, is to see it, to be able to grasp it, and to be able to run with it. Because when you see it, man, you can go all out in it. Right? So, number one is because my heart will, whatever's in my heart will manifest on the outside. So don't worry trying to fix external things. That's religion. I just got to change my attitude. I got to change my behavior. I got I to just, you know, got to change this way. I got to stop yelling. That's fine, but let's get to the root of it. Don't just cut off the fruit. We got to change the root in it. I got to get back rooted into him. Build my life back on him. See his kindness. It's not me just trying to be a nicer person. That's going to make everything okay because eventually you're going to blow up. I'm nice, I'm nice, I'm nice, I'm nice. If my kids yell again, I'm going to punch one, right? That's all happening on the inside, right? So all of a sudden you're good for a week and all of a sudden that lasts. Oh, and Jamie made this statement. It was actually really funny. She actually sent me a text this past, or this couple weeks ago. And she said, I did not know that you could wreck somebody's life by giving them the wrong colored cup. It's possible. <laughs> I wanted purple and they got yellow. <laughs> Boom! And so, and what happens, you contentively lose your mind on those types of things. Well, what we're talking about is, okay, Lord, I want to see you for who you are and get rooted in that. Yeah. Right? Again, it's not just me trying to be better. It's me getting rooted, seeing him for who he is and allowing myself to be just like that. Right? Because remember what religion, the rhythm of religion is? Try hard. Try harder. Try driving harder. Fall short, give up. But what's the rhythm of grace? God speaks it. He reveals it to you. You receive it. I take it. Fruit. Right? You apply it to your life and you see the fruit. So it's not just you trying harder. That'll drive you nuts. Okay. Number two. God looks and works with the heart. Now I want you to turn to 1 Samuel real quickly with me. Verse six, uh, chapter 16. I hear no Bibles being turned, so I'm just assuming you have iPads and iPhones. It's on the screen. I'm going to read a little bit before that just so that we get what's going on here. But 1 Samuel chapter 16, and um, look at verse 6. It says, when Samuel arrived, and this is Samuel's coming to go present an offering because God had a new king for the nation of Israel. says, when Samuel arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Now, what did Eliab look like? What do you think? Big buff, tan. He's your macho man, right? Mac, stand up for a sec. Eliab, this is... Oh, Mac, come on up here. What if you're going to strut that stuff? I might as well make a spectacle out of you. All right. I mean, this Eliab, he can sing. Doesn't he got, oh, <laughs> he didn't even sweat. You're the real deal, man. Yeah, this, this guy can sing. Look at this, he's got, a, he's got drums for a chest. Look at those pythons, are those 19s? <laughs> he just took down a whole tree, or 30. He just took down a whole tree, just lifted it up and threw it down. I mean, that's kind of how Eliab was. Mac, you look good for an Eliab. I like that, thank you, sir. <laughs> Solid, you hear that? That's all, that's muscle, man. Mac, you're embarrassing me. Go sit down, that. Yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> there he is. For those, that, the men that were kind of hoping, oh, pick me, pick me. Sorry, I, 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 nothing, nothing personal. Just Mac is he's buff. So Samuel looks and goes, man, surely... This is the Lord's anointed. I mean, look at him. The guy can sing. He's got nice hair. La, 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 la. He got all these things going on. Then verse 7. This is startling to me. This is huge. This is massive. Again, what does God look at? He looks at and works with the heart. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks to the heart. Man, you can just think that that's where the Lord looks. So meanwhile, you're looking at the external things that may be off in your life. He's looking to the heart. Oh, Lord, I messed this up. And a lot of times if you've messed up, you go, Lord, forgive me of this thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. He'll forgive you of it. But he's looking to the heart of a man. He's interested in getting on the inside. He wants to get his nature in there. That's his whole desire. And we know that also because Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27, it says the the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts. That's what the Lord is doing. He wants to get in there. He wants to search through things. He wants to get involved in your life, in it, not just outside of it. People are looking for God out here. He's in there. (laughs) Think about that for a sec. Like, let that be a little bit of a paradigm shift. A lot of times we're looking for God externally to do something. He's on the inside. Become God inside-minded. That's where He is, is here. Yeah, sure, He does things out here, but He does things on the inside of you and I here so that we can see it manifest out here. That's how God is. That's how He created the world. It was already a vision that He had on the inside of them, so when He spoke it, He saw it. That's who we we We're created to be. is to be people of vision living from the inside out. Cool? Okay. And I love this. This is not on the screen, but Acts chapter 13, verse 21 through 22. Again, this is God talking about David. It says, Israel, they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he disposed of him, I just think that's, again, another powerful statement. God is not held back by any leader, political leader. Anybody is changeable. (laughs) People are replaceable. Okay. When he had disposed of him, talking Saul, God raised up David to be their king. Of David, God bore witness and God said this about David. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will and carry out my program fully. This is huge. I want this to be said of me. More than anything else, oh man, yeah, Joel had the coolest, you know, coolest looking car. He had the greatest looking house. He had a, you know, really good looking wife, which I do. And you have all these cool things going on. I don't want that just to be said of me. I wanted God to be looking at me and saying, There is a man who is after my heart who will do all my will and fulfill my agenda. That's what I want. That's what I want this church to be is that this is a place where God's purpose, His agenda that He wants for the city, for the region, and to help out this nation to do everything that God needs done. Do you know He just needs a man? What could He do with all all of us here? And those that were here last night? What could He do with all of us that were hungry and passionate for Him? He could do a whole lot. He could do a whole lot. People that actually wanted Him. Now, and I'm going to just say this, David was a man who really wanted and allowed God to be that big That involved in his life because the reality is not every christian wants god to be involved in their life that's just the reality right but i don't know about you but for me i want god's leadership i want to hear what he has to say did you know that sometimes when he speaks it's not always this feel good he wants to straighten things out but i want to hear what he's got to say i want his leadership and i want to follow his instructions now, so what is God looking for? And I read this every, you know, every morning. The boys and I, we have an opportunity. They get up nice and early, which is wonderful. You get a, yeah, you get a head start before anybody else. <laughs> uh, and one of the things they like to do, Papa, let's have some tea. Let's let's read the Bible. Let's get cozy under the blanket. And so that's kind of their thing. And uh, I was reading a story to them. This was two days ago now, or a couple, three days ago. And it was talking about Jesus when he was finding his disciples in their storybook Bible. And this phrase just leapt off. I I love the wording on this. And it was just talking about who God is looking for, who Jesus went looking for. Jesus was not looking for people that were the brightest. Jesus was not looking for those that had all the money. He wasn't looking for those that have it all together. He was looking for those who just really need him. That's all that it was. And I think you and I being where we live and kind of how we are here, we are so blessed to live in this nation, but it should never take the place of our absolute need for God continuously. Like I need him to survive type of mentality. Because a lot of times, oh, you know what? If God doesn't come through, it's okay. I got a paycheck coming at the end of the month. That's not okay for me. I want to go beyond that. I need him for survival. I need him for existence. I need him to help me be a husband. I need him to help me to be a dad. I need him, I need him, I need him. That's what he's looking for, and in second or yeah, first sorry, Second Chronicles sixteen nine. It says this: the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose what hearts, hearts are fully committed to Him. What's he looking for? What's he doing right now? Two thousand and eighteen March twentieth. What is he doing? May twentieth. What is he doing? searching the whole earth in order to strengthen. God is always wanting to do something. What is He looking for? A heart. He's not looking for somebody that has it all together. He's not looking for all the, you know, they they got it set out, they they look pretty, they got all that laid out. No, He's looking for a heart. Because if He's got a heart, He's got a life. And if He's got a vessel that He can use, man, what can He do with that vessel? He could reach a city, He could touch a family, He could impact an entire business, but what does he need? Heart. All he needs is heart. Okay. So number one, again, why is the health of my inner life more important than my outer life? Number one, because what's in my heart is going to come out in the external world. Number two is because God looks and works with the heart. That's what he's focused in on. So for me to be focusing on external things is actually wasting my time. I need to look where he's looking. I need to be responding to where he's talking to me. Right? Right? okay? And thirdly, building my private life will benefit me in this life and also the life which is to come. So it's kind of a, you know, you get a, a, you get two things out of this deal. It's a two for one. You get a two for one. Not only is building your inner life going to benefit you here on this earth, but what else is it going to benefit you when you get there? Man, listen, we're going there. That's where we're heading. That's where this whole time is going. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. It says physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. The Message Bible says, Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gym are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so making you fit both today and in the life to come. Woo! Isn't that good? Promises you. Not just there, here now. It's both. So, and the reality why we're talking about this, because my heart is my responsibility. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3, this is huge. Your heart is your responsibility. It's not your spouses, it's not your best friends, it's not your parents, it's not your kids. Your heart is your responsibility. Say it, it's my responsibility. So if I'm offended, whose issue is it? If I'm angry, bitter, rageful against somebody, even though they could have done something to me, who am I in charge of? Myself. I'm in charge of my heart. I'm in charge of my spirit. My spirit, my responsibility. Now, I love this, but in the, the New King James version of Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Daniel distinguished himself above the governors because an excellent spirit was found in him. The king actually wanted to make him the ruler of all. Now, because he was distinguished, now now that really just shows me that having an excellent spirit, having a real solid uh, distinguishing yourself, it actually makes way for you. That's one of the benefits. Oh, I'm just praying for a promotion. Have you distinguished yourself yet? Have you set yourself apart saying, I'm going to make sure that I'm just so solid on the inside? Because listen, you can tell who is solid and who is not. It's not hard. You can really see it. Right? And so what did Daniel do? He distinguished himself. He didn't wait for anybody else to do it. He said, no, I'm going to do this. So I want to encourage you, take ownership of this thing. It's your garden. The same way my mama takes care of her garden. Nobody is going to mess with that garden. Nobody, no deer. Boom, nothing is going to mess. Even a neighbor. Ah! Just kidding, that's a little too far, I understand. But reality is nobody's messing with that garden. That same passion for that garden, let that be the same passion in your heart. Don't let anything come in. Don't don't develop a hurt heart. Don't develop it. All of a sudden you see a sign. Listen, the devil will do everything he can just to plant a seed in there. Oh, this person said this about me. And you can start dwelling on it. And before you know it, this whole thing is growing. And you're wondering, why isn't this word working in my life? Because that care now has choked the word. And it becomes unfruitful. It's killing it. Protect this garden. Okay? Okay. Proverbs 25 and verse 28, it says this. He who has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. There it is. How many of you sleep with your your doors locked and windows closed at nighttime? Why? (laughs) Why do you lock your door at night? Intruders. you don't want garbage coming in. Right? The same thing. Man, do you, you, those that have cracked foundations in their own heart, when it's cracked and not set up properly, what is it like? You are an open door for an intruder to come in and do whatever he wants to do. So that's why he's saying, you got to build this thing up. And then you can't just go, oh God, just get this thing out of me. No, 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 no. Build, get rooted and grounded in Him. Build your life on Him. Then your faith will be strong. And when intruders come, ding, 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 you'll recognize it. Go, no, 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 no. I'm not going to even participate in that. Yeah, right? Yeah. right? It's, again, we're going, instead of surface level activity, surface level Christianity, we're going deeper in this. It's not about how high you can get. It's how deep you can get. Because the deeper you go, the higher you will go. That's a guarantee. But before you go high, you got to go deep. Because if you go high without going deep, you will fall. Yeah. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8 in the Message Bible. I hope you're writing these scriptures down because it's good to read them over again. But it says, You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right, then you can see God in the outside world. Isn't that good? You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right, then you can see. Then you can perceive why I don't hear God's voice. Why isn't he talking to me? Get this right on the inside and you'll start to recognize him. He's working. But for the most part, according to what my Facebook says, everybody's more concerned about what's going on out there. They're not even thinking about what God's doing. He's doing tremendous things. And why can't they see it? It's because their heart's not put right. That's as simple as that. If you're wondering, how come I'm not experiencing God in my life? Why am I not seeing it? It's because your inner world is in shambles. Your inner life is all over the place. There is no concrete foundation for you to build on. I'm just trying to help you. Right? You can pray all day long. You can beg God. Ask God. God, please do something. He's telling you, build your life on me. Start getting rooted and grounded and fixed on me. Now, how do we do that? And that's what I want to share with you the last few minutes here. But how do I build my inner life? Number one is to listen Carefully. To what? The Word. Listen carefully to the Word. We're going to read Proverbs chapter 4. Now notice I didn't say just read the Word. I'm not talking about reading the Word. People say, oh yeah, I read the Word this morning, I'm good. That's, that's great, but that's not what we're talking about. We want the Word to be talking to you. So listen to the Word. Yeah, you may be reading it, but don't just read it. I'm listening to what the Word is saying. Say Listen. 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 That's what God wants. He He just needs some ears that are attentive. He said this, Proverbs 4, verse 20. He said, my child, pay attention to what I say. To what I say. Not the world, not what they're saying, not what the political things are saying. Listen to what I say. Hello, that's big. I say, listen carefully to my words. Verse 21, don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Why? Because they will bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. So he says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So what we're listening to obviously, obviously is making a huge role, having a huge effect on our heart's condition. What are we listening to? What has the most dominant voice in your and my life? Who's speaking the loudest in your life? Anyway, it's not even good that your wife or your husband speaks the loudest in your life. It needs to be the Word speaking the highest, the loudest in your life. It's got to be. If I'm going to build a solid life, am I able to lead my family to where God wants it to go? I need to hear. Not just constantly action doing. I got to first stop. I got to listen. Right? Okay, Mark chapter 4, 24. Jesus said this. Pay close attention to to what you hear. The closer you listen the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more as grace. (laughs) Verse 25, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, but for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they, they have will be taken away from them. So again, it's not about, oh, I read four chapters today, I'm a spiritual giant, it has nothing to do with that. What was the last thing God said to you? Oh, I read the book of Ephesians this morning. Great. What has he said to you? That's what counts. That's what we're looking for. It's not just, Oh, I read, oh, I read the entire Bible and it's only at the end of May. Great. What is he saying to you? That's what counts. That's what changes you in my life is when you hear him speak. Because again, the rhythm of grace is he speaks. I hear it. What does that mean? I can choose to believe it. I apply it to my life. I see fruit. It all begins with hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Not by reading and not by just having heard. It is constantly hearing present day. God is talking to you today. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, He's going to talk to you tomorrow morning. He is constantly speaking. So we have to come to a place saying, Lord, I'm not going to make things happen. I'm going to listen. Listen. (sighs) Right? That means getting quiet. Okay. Okay. You know, Jesus said this in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. You see these. Jesus had a message to seven churches. And he said this same phrase to every single church. He said, anyone with ears to hear must listen to what the Spirit is saying and understand it. So what does Jesus need? A hearing church. Where do you listen? Where is God going to speak to you to these ears? Hear. Remember, where is God working? Where is He looking? That's where He is. He is on the inside of you. So people are looking for a sign or they're looking to hear some audible voice. You are wasting your time. Where does He speak? Right on the inside because that's where He looks. That's where He works. Is on the inside. So living life from the inside out. So that's number one is we have got to listen. Number two then is praying in other tongues. We have got to go back to some of these simple things. Hearing, praying in other tongues. And I want to show you this from the scripture, why, the, why this is so vital. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I want you to turn there in your Bible because I don't have this on the screen. But please turn there if you've got a Bible because you've got to see this. Because I don't know everybody here and I'm not sure where your background is on church. I don't know if you've even been to church. I don't know what you think about this whole tongue business is, but people got a whole wide range of ideas of what is this thing called tongues. Well, it's for you. If you are a child of God, it is a gift from God for you. It'll radically change your life. Right? Jesus already came and changed our life. We got born again. We accepted Him as Lord and Savior. Woo! That's exciting. But that doesn't just stop there. Then He's got another experience for you, and it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what He wants to do in that, He wants to give you His mind. He wants to empower you for service. He wants to make you effective. Now you can see that in Acts chapter 1, Jesus told his disciples at that time, Do not leave the city until you have been endued with power from on high. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll have the power. I've got the power. Yeah. That's what he's waiting for. That's what you're waiting for is the power. He said, don't try to convert anybody. Don't try to teach anything until you've been endued with power. Why? Because what is the Holy Spirit's job here on the earth to do now? is to reveal Jesus. The Holy Spirit doesn't mind us talking about Jesus all the time. He's not offended going, well, why isn't anybody talking about me? Because the Holy Spirit came to reveal Jesus. That's His ministry. That's His job. So when we make much of Jesus, you know the Holy Spirit's involved. But what He wants to do is He came to give us a supernatural language. And you can see that 1 Corinthians 14. Verse 2, and I want to read it to you from the Passion Bible. So if, you have, if you're using your Bible app, you can actually type in Passion Bible. I encourage you to take a look on it. It's really good. It says, when someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he says. Ain't that the truth? For the, what? <laughs> right? Because, and here's, here's why. Because he's not speaking to people. <laughs> what on earth are they saying? What are they talking about? Don't worry about it because they're not talking to you. But what are they doing? But they are speaking to God. He, talking about the person speaking in other tongues, is speaking intimate mysteries in the spirit. Now look at verse 4. The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress. Man, I want to grow deeper in spiritual. I just want to be stronger spiritually. How do you do it? Speaking in tongues. That's how you do it. That's what Paul just said right here. If one who who speaks in tongues, he advances his own spiritual progress. They're looking at verse 14. For if I am praying in a tongue, my spirit is engaged in prayer, but I have no clear understanding of what I said. What does that mean? It just simply really shows you and I that we are a three-part being. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in this body. When you are praying in the Spirit, you can have an entire conversation in your mind going on. Yeah, yeah. Right? Why? Because it's not coming from your head. When you pray, Those that pray in tongues, you know it's not coming from your head. Right? Because right? you could be thinking the things out. You could be writing stuff out. I mean, you could be snowboarding. You could be kicking a ball. You could be at the gym working out. You could still be praying in tongues and your mind be fully engaged what you're doing. Why? Because it's my Spirit that's praying. And my understanding is not involved in it. So what is it? It's spiritual prayer. Woo! Isn't that awesome? God found a way to bypass our head. (laughs) Aren't you thankful for that? Some people need a head bypass. What did God do? I'm going to connect your spirit to your tongue, and I'm going to give you this gift called tongues so that you can just pray it out so that your mind doesn't mess around with it and screw it up. Yes! Thank you, Lord. Why? Because we got all these things. I mean, last time that you prayed... And you try praying for, you know, your family that lives in Japan. (laughs) (laughs) Saskatchewan, a little bit closer by. How do you pray for them? Oh, God bless mom over there in, you know, Saskatchewan. Let her just be, just bless her, Lord. Just bless her socks right off her, you know. Just bless her. Where else do you, what do you pray for? I mean, you can, you can, I'm sure you can muster up a little bit more than that, but... (laughs) You're just trying to say whatever. You're trying to find something. You can do that. Yeah, that's great. But you can actually pray in other tongues, and God will take that prayer, and he'll custom make it to exactly what they need. Isn't that awesome? Because, I mean, even here, Tuesday afternoons, Pastor Sheila and her team have been leading prayer here for years. How do we pray for this church family properly? We don't know naturally, but we do know someone who does know. And so what do we do? We yield to him, and as we pray in other tongues, we have been praying about you that you don't even realize. I know this by times that we've been spending in prayer. A lot of you have even missed death. How is that so? By just the praying in other tongues, the Spirit of God will take that prayer and you'll go, okay, now I have access into that person's life. That's all God is looking for is access, and he needs somebody to pray in other tongues. He's wanting, and you know, I'll just turn here. uh, Jude verse 20. Go there real quickly. If you don't know where Jude is, go to Revelation all the way at the very end of your Bible and flip back like one page and you'll find Jude. He's hanging out there somewhere. Jude in verse 20 in the Amplified it's on the screen for those of you that are like I have no idea where Jude is alright it's on the screen it says but you beloved he's talking about me when he says beloved he's not talking to the world he's talking to Christians but you beloved build yourself up founded on your most holy faith make progress Let me say make progress. make progress aren't those great words make progress don't go backwards, make progress, right? What does God wanna do in your and my life? Progress. We gotta see progress taking place. But now how do we see progress make place? Or let me just before I say that. And he says, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. How do you get deeper spiritually? How do you, I mean, how do you become less dense spiritually? There a lot of spiritually dense people in the world. How, why is that? It's because they're not praying in other tongues. Praying in other tongues makes you not just go, woo, I'm way up here. It puts you deep. Man, the Bible says, deep cries out unto deep. That's what this does. When you're praying in other tongues, and in the same way, like an edifice, higher and higher. Again, naturally speaking, when you pray, you can't always see and understand what you need to be doing. But when you're praying in other tongues, you're building yourself up like an edifice, higher, higher. And every time I go higher, what am I doing? I'm elevating my sight. I can see something. And I go back here a little bit. I can go pray more tongues. I get higher and higher. Now what am I doing? I'm able to see now what God sees. I'm able to hear what God's wanting to say. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Jesus didn't just come down to our level to save us. Then he brought us to come to his level. And he gave us a supernatural language to think to hear and to talk like Him, and that's through praying in other tongues. Amen. Last scripture, and then we'll, we'll close. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want you to look at this real quick. Because this is a gooder, this one here. Is this helping you this morning? Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and look at verse 9. So this is what the scriptures mean when they say... No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. What does that mean? No eye has seen it? Right? The things that God has prepared for those that love Him. Right? You know, God, He's called you. He loves you. He's got a plan for you. Have you seen it with these eyes? No. Have you heard it with these ears? Has it even entered into your mind what God has prepared for you? No. How, how am I going to find it? There's, there's no natural way for me to see, to hear, and to think up what God wants to do with me. Right. So what does he say then? Okay, I guess we're just stuck there. No, then verse 10 goes right along and he says, But it is for us that God reveals these things by His Spirit. So what does the Holy Spirit want to do? He wants to reveal the plans that God has for you. Right? You, you can see that? Okay. Okay. For His Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Drop the mic. What does He want to do? To show you God's deep secrets. What's the Holy Spirit in you for? To show you this. That's what He wants to do. So if He's not revealing to you, really His job description is a waste. This is why he came for. He came to reveal it to you. Now look at this. (laughs) No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. You have no idea what I'm thinking right now. (laughs) I have no idea what you're thinking. But, and it says, no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Verse 12. And we have received... God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Because, <laughs> listen, I, me, my, like who I am, my spirit, I can't jump into Aaron and just start hanging out in there going, woo, here we are. Aaron, guess what I'm thinking? And he'd all of a sudden think, that, there's, that, that's impossible for me to just jump into Aaron and start, yeah. Controlling. But God's spirit says, I'm going to get on the inside of him so that he can start seeing and hearing what I've planned for him. Yeah, yeah. God's able to do that. His spirit is on the inside of you. Now, how do I become aware, less dense of all this? By praying in other tongues. This is the only way. It's the only way. I don't know what God's called me to do. That's probably the biggest thing that you hear constantly. I just don't, I'm not sure what God wants me to do yet. You have to spend time praying in other tongues. How long do you pray for? Till you see it. You just keep going in it. Because listen, it's not in your natural brain. You will never figure it out. Right? It's like you, again, I use this illustration last night. People, somebody opens up a massive filing cabinet and they're looking for God's plan for their life. And okay, they're flipping through this whole thing, flipping through. It takes about three hours. Oh, nothing there. Okay, next one. Boom. And you start going down and start. Ah, it's not in there. That's the point. It's not in there. It's not in your brain. It's, you're never going to find it. You're never going to just randomly fall into it. Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. No, you intentionally go into it. I didn't go into this pastoring with my eyes closed. I knew full and well what I was getting into because the Lord showed me. Did I was this ever my plan? No. <laughs> Thousand times no. Wasn't even in my radar. And Jamie and I, I remember we sat down, we were in Italy, 2012, and we sat down for dinner, and all of a sudden, like something had been stirring on the inside of us both, and we looked at each other and said, We're gonna be pastoring that church, aren't we? Yep. Yeah, we are. And it wasn't this like, oh, I had a salami pizza right afterwards. (laughs) But people are kind of make this, this whole spiritual life. So you're going to figure out what God wants you to do. No, just pray in other tongues. You'll figure it out. (laughs) Let's keep it simple. Not keep it weird. Praying in tongues. Isn't weird. It's very, it's a spiritual exercise that you do on the inside. Oh, man. I'm so thankful. I would, have, I would not be here if it was not for the Holy Spirit. Being able to pray in other tongues, I would not be here. Isn't that awesome? So let's all stand up together.